Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Well, well, well. A familiar face, and he's still tweeting. Chris Johnson. It's a busy time of year. It is a busy time of year. It's crazy. I'm going to be obnoxiously on my phone during this. Are you? I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. It's kind of like a, you know, they call it Black Monday in the NFL when all the coaches get fired. It feels like a little bit of Black Friday kind of vibe in here. Interesting. You talk about, um, you talked about it yesterday on the CJ show. And today we find out like right before the show starts that the Pittsburgh Penguins have let go of among the names, Brian Burke and Ron Hextall, which are kind of the two key names that you need to know. And, you know, it's president, that's general manager. This is a team without direction. The Vancouver Canucks have got to be so mad that they can't offload GT Miller's contract so easily this offseason. Um, you never know. But one thing you did say <laughs> is... I don't know. I'm hearing. I'm hearing it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, we're hearing probably, is, no, I don't know. One thing you were talking about is, does Fenway Sports Group make a big play for Kyle Dubas? Should he become available... And, and there's this is one of the questions I've been meaning to ask you all season, CJ, and that's why I'm so excited to have you on. Where do the Leafs stand with that? This is a really good-looking team going into the playoffs, and he's on an expiring deal. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's telling you about it. It's not really happening. That, like, it really hasn't been a part of the discourse in well, the media. I mean, what's there to say when they're not talking, right? I mean, there's no— And they're not talking. Well, not because they're fighting. I think they just agreed last summer that he was going to play out the year, and they'd see where the chips fall, and— you know, go at it now. I think it's a risky strategy. You know, I've been consistent whenever I've talked about this. I wrote a column at the start of the year. Like, I think it, they're absolutely nuts to not have him locked up because no matter what, and I get, I know what's happened. I've been there. I've been at all those games. Are you sure? You? No, but my point is like I, like, I don't think we have to go over the history, but this is the history I'll point you to. They just finished this season with 111 points. They finished last season with 115 points. Then we had all those weird COVID years, but they were playing at the similar type of pace. I mean, they are objectively one of the best teams in the game. He's consistently managed the salary cap and kept them competitive and found ways not to have them become the Penguins of this year where they just didn't have enough around their stars to, to pull them through. And he's not even 40. Hmm. Like, obviously, he's got some learning curves. We could point to some mistakes. You know, I, one thing I like about him too, when he makes a mistake, he'll make a move to undo the mistake. Like he doesn't keep doubling down, right? Like they brought in Nick Ritchie a couple years. Didn't times. work. Didn't work. Peter Morazic. Traded him yeah. and got Labushkin as well as part of the deal. Like he didn't just offload him. He, like he's creative. And MEGM, when you examine a five-year record, which is what he has now in Toronto as the, the general manager, is going to have some misses in there. But there is nobody... I don't think that there is a more qualified person in the game that could come available that anyone would want wow the one thing that scares maybe me maybe doug armstrong is that insane if if he were i'm just saying if, if he, he were, were let go if, if yeah. dubas was to leave it would wouldn't be for another gm job i don't think it would be for an upgrade right and the penguins now have the opportunity to offer him president king of the castle kind of job and that's probably a little enticing if it's out there for him it could be i mean like i think what Look at it another way. Like one of the other things that I think Kyle's done really well is he has built out a massive behind the scenes, you know, several departments, right? The Leafs lead the way in, in sports science, the way they treat injuries and recovery. Um, you know, a lot of the things they do for families and the like, like every new player that comes through the door, you know, most recently it's been Ryan O'Reilly. I've seen talking about this, 
They've like never seen anything like the Leafs operation. Now, that costs a lot of money and there's there's not very many other places you could do that. And so I, you know, it's not to say that Kyle wouldn't necessarily embrace if, if he were to have a job in the future where he's got to maybe do things a little differently. I mean, he, in Sault Ste. Marie, he had a pretty, you know, bare budget operation by OHL standards. But did you, Kyle work in the suit? <laughs> I hadn't heard that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Every time you see him, he'll remind you some way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is it with a trade? I meant more a comment, like, oh, you know, yeah, but, like you know, did you see the Greyhounds game or you know, whatever? It's definitely top of mind for him that he's so, but I'm from Coburg and I bring that up at every available. What? So I, I, am in, I am in no position to be throwing even like indirect shade at him for that. How, um, you, you two, you should go for, you should take him out to Coburg. Can you take Kyle to, to Coburg, do a little interview with him or something like that? He's probably got more important things to do. He's oh. got two kids. Okay. He fine. runs a organization, pretty big operation. <laughs> You know, fair enough. I've never guessing, heard of it. Fair enough. I, I mean, maybe if I got him there on a chopper or something, so <laughs> it's going to take I'm, 20 minutes of your time. But um, listen, we'd set it up, Kyle, if you're listening. We'll, we'll, we'll pay for the dinner too. Can you imagine <laughs> we did like a show with Kyle Dubas in, in like a place no, like Coburg? I it would be amazing. Imagine. It would be amazing. Ugh. Amazing. Um, would when love I, to do it. When I was a kid, I'm dating myself, but John Olerud came to Coburg and signed autographs. Whoa. And, wow. and Johnny O. I waited in line for like three hours to get his autograph. Like I remember, I can still picture where I was on the main street of Coburg. I like wrapped around behind the police station to go and get John Olerud's autograph. Best swing in the game. And then I finally get in the store and he's not wearing like the hard helmet. And Just, I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And you're and used to kid, seeing that. I was like, that. oh, yeah. If, like, you know, because you only saw him in the hard helmet. You don't know. Jesse, he was known to have the best swing in the game. He had the best, like the most perfect baseball swing. That oh, was yeah. John Olerud's thing. Oh, yeah. Now. I want to. Anyway, I'm just saying, if we could get Kyle Dewis to Coburg, it would be. It would be. Well, we'd have to. There would be a lot of people. We would have to Maybe accommodate can, a lot of people. We can get him for our event. Yeah. Are we, are we having an event? We're having an event. I'm speaking it into existence. Is it in my dad's backyard? It should be. <laughs> oh, definitely. Would he host that? It would be like Chris Stock. He would. Yeah? My dad's pretty proud. How big is the backyard? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. It's big enough, but it's... You could probably have like 40 people back there. Okay. That's not big enough. No, I, but... Maybe we could the, do like a CJ like VIP a, party. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where Julian does a keg stand. What do you think? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah? So yeah. the penguins. I'd hold him up for that. Yeah. Has yeah. anyone here ever seen Julian drunk? No. No way. Yeah. yeah. Draft yeah. last year. Yeah. Oh, Montreal yeah. in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. And he is fun. Yeah. Lots of fun. He is, oh, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like I... You know, as is, we share a pod, we spend a lot of time together. I've never really seen him drunk. Obviously, we're not in the same place too often. But he gets more energy. That's impossible. I know. He, yeah, no, it's no, crazy. it's not. We're recording an episode, and it's like six thirty his time in the morning, and he's covered a game the night before, and he's probably like four hours sleep. And he wakes up, he's like, "CJ, yeah. what's going on? Let's go." No coffee whatsoever. Yeah, he's also got forty shows to do that day oh, too, oh right? Oh my god! And radio hits and all that. So, so okay, let me ask you this: We're if, slightly off topic already. If, who cares? Who cares? We're all about that. Dubas. First time. If not Kyle Dubas. First time, long time. <laughs> if not Kyle Dubas, then whom? And this is a question for everybody. I've got a name, but I want to know what your name is. Who do you think the Leafs go after if it's not Kyle uh, or if he decides he wants to go? I'm not even entertaining that question because I just don't. You stink. Come on, CJ. I, Give us a name. I just, well, I just think they would be absolutely insane. But what if he says, I don't want it? This is the TSN coming out of you. It's not sure. pro. He's a pro. It's, it's not. Pro it's it's. I just live. In, I have to say that I live somewhat more in reality than you guys. Ah, that's true. Oh, Even what if they no lose? Fun? What if what if they lose in a bad way to Tampa? I think, think if they lose in a bad way, 
you bring them back and, and you start making other changes. Like I'm not saying status quo for the whole organization. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget, like this is the most obvious thing, but in it's staring us in the face. Austin Matthews has to be signing a contract on or about July 1st. Yes. And the Leafs, you know, I think game seven of the playoffs might be May 1st, if I'm not mistaken. So like the Leafs theoretically, and just for the fun of this, could their season could be ending May 1st. You've only then got two months to, and so if you're getting rid of a GM, somehow doing a process, hiring a GM, and then expecting that person to win, to, I, I think it's so risky. Unless you, I mean, I don't even want to say these words into a microphone because I'm going to get radioed. Nope. So okay. don't worry about that. Could, but I'm just saying, like, unless you are comfortable maybe losing the face of the franchise, like, to me, it's all tied together. Could maybe. Kyle Dubas's hypothetical departure jeopardize a Matthews extension? Yes, because because of the unknown. Right, like, who's right. that person? Like, we who are they bringing in? And do they have a relationship? Chuck Fletcher. With, no, I'm kidding. You know, but <laughs> let's face it. Austin is at a point where this is this is his UFA year. I mean, he's got one more season after this. Mm-hmm. But this is his decision where the alternate world is he can go play anywhere else that wants to sign him. Again, not till 2024, but this is the decision that impacts what happens in 2024. And so he's got to be comfortable that the Leafs are going to be good. Like, who, who's in charge? Yeah. What's their vision? What's their plan? What's their track record? And, you know, obviously Kyle Dubas has been in the Leafs organization since the day Austin Matthews was drafted. Like they have a very good relationship. And I think that, you know, Austin is very comfortable with the direction the team has taken. I think he's, I think he's happy. I think he loves Toronto. Like I think he wants to stay, but it's like any job. If you don't know who your boss is, like who your boss is, is important. Well, on along those lines, then what about Shannon and Dubas? How are they doing? You know I'm not sure entirely. Like, I, I don't know that there's necessarily anything bad, bad there. But, you know, I think that this is, this, there's been tension, right? Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. These, these losses, cumulatively, they take stress on guys like Steve but they, uh, and no. others around the city. But there's no one that endears more stress than those that are devoting their entire lives 24-7, essentially trying to, to knock down the wall and make something happen here. And so I think it's only natural over time. And, and look... They had to have a discussion last summer whereby the news was delivered to Kyle Dubas. We're not giving you an extension. You know, you're going into a contract year. And so I, I, I don't want to portray it as, as awful, but I think that it's, you know, winning solves everything. Winning, like seriously, if, even if, like, look, there'll still be disappointment if the Leafs lose in round two. I don't think there's any way around that. But I think a sign of progress this spring, like if they get through a round, I think, it, it just reaffirms a lot of the decisions they've made and things that have gone on. And I think, you know, I think a little tension in a professional sports organization is it's inevitable between a of coach, course. between a GM, between whomever, because it's, it's high pressure. It's very public and there's high stakes too. So the number one question has been playoff performance and how's that going to be? And you, you just can't predict that in October, November, December, how has the, has anyone in the organization changed their approach to how they evaluate the regular season and what success is? What do you mean? Like everyone keeps asking me, Hey, okay. What do you, what do you think is going to happen? Or how do you like this team? And basically every conversation I have ends with, but it doesn't matter until April. Right. But I feel like if it's your job to evaluate how good or bad the Leafs are, you can't do that. You have to have this game was good, this game was bad, this performance was good, this performance was bad. Have they changed the way they evaluate this team this year compared to last? 
Well, their defensive metrics are much better. Mm. Yeah. If you look at it, that's the underlyings. That's the more traditional stats like shots against and goals against were improved. Uh, they weren't as dangerous offensively. They didn't, you know, produce as much in that area. Obviously, some individuals like Austin Matthews had a, a personal fall off in his otherworldly production from last year. Um, I think I think there's more of a commitment to playing a specific style of game design to win in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think you've seen it, honestly. I agree. If you're if you're looking objectively, like if you're just dropped into this season and you didn't carry the knowledge of the previous seasons, like I think you'd be feeling really good about this series with Tampa. The Leafs are such a unique team because every other team is like, oh yeah, you know, Dallas has this strength or that weakness. With the Leafs, it's, if you were an alien from space (laughs) and you just learned about hockey, like, oh my God, they're just impossible. Dude, I really need them to win, man. So I was at the last game that they played where they won a playoff series in 2004. I was a university student and got tickets and was in the crowd. And now I'm sitting before you with gray in my beard. And like, look at all that's played out, including my entire professional career in that span. And they, and they haven't got it done. Like it's, it is actually crazy when you look at it. Well, and this is what we want to get into next. But first, we did chat with uh, Dave Bastel uh, a little bit before this. We have a couple of Jesse Betts, literally Jesse Betts. And your big one. My big Connor McDavid one. It's right now. And we'll be back with CJ and preview next. And we're going to teleport. You can bet that with David Bastel. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Get in the action and make a play. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Heartbroken. Yeah. Heartbroken. Mm-hmm. What, why is that? And not just because the Nashville Predators and Calgary Flames won't be making it, and the oh. Jets will be. Um, I'm heartbroken because <laughs> I picked in like February yep. Connor McDavid to score between 65 and 70 goals. The <laughs> Oilers. Won five to two last night. Five different goals last night. Yep. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna name them, guys. I, I'm gonna yeah. go through it because I feel like we need to talk <laughs> sure. about this. Okay. <laughs> five different Edmonton Oilers goals against the San Jose Mother Effing. And it's the Sharks. Matthias Yanmark goal. Leon Dreisaitl goal. Evan Bouchard goal. Matthias Yanmark again goal. And Evander Kane. Connor McDavid has 64 goals this year and he played all 82 games like it wasn't like he sat out for anything and he, and he missed some time no nah, Connor McDavid was out there swinging Dave yeah, I'm upset sir. Dave I, does I, it sort uh, of count <laughs> I guess you're not getting any Bouchard jersey anytime no soon, I won't right? be he, first <laughs> off Bouchard on both of those goals the last two nights that he's had him could have passed to McDavid for a wide I, open look and I just want to know why he wasn't looking out for I, my two dollar bet <laughs> That's uh, so true. So true. Um, you, you know what? That was a lot of fun. I think we're going to bring that back next year because oh. you're 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 speaking to the masses right now. I've had so many people come up to me and say, "Oh, I thought he'd only get 55 because he'd slow down," or Maybe. "I thought he'd get 70 because the guy." Yeah, well, it's Steve's another exact exactly. Oh, I thought he'd get 70 because this guy is you know monster and. I don't know. It, I think we'll do it with a couple players because I think you have to do a McDavid again. I think you have to do an Austin Matthews, of course, because you think that yep. he's going to score more than 40 next year. And I think because of the way Ovechkin's creeping up on the Gretzky record, Ooh. we got to do something with Ovechkin too. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be as high. Like, yeah. I don't think Ovechkin ever scores another 50 goals in a season, but he's he's going to produce something. So don't challenge is that him, number Dave. 38? Is it 40? Is it, you know? So here's the other one I would, I would, I want to say because like, because like, 
uh, no one's talking about Pasternak or um, or Dryside. Pasternak hit sixty. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's like crazy. like uh, I, there's got to be some sort of you know McDavid versus Dryside versus Pasta versus Matthews versus whoever else got fifty plus goals. There was a few. There was five of them. Um, you know, it's a. I'm pretty excited. Pretty excited, but wait. I'm you want you want to hear a quick story about pasta? So I, I have a couple friends that have bet this. There were two different numbers out there for Pasternak's uh, over under total. One was sixty and a half goals. The other was sixty one and a half goals. Oh, and there were people on both sides of the fence. So you missed it by that oh. much, oh. literally. So that's tough. Oh so, my god, yeah. that's like Adam. It is. Imagine being like Adam. All right. Now, two more I want to talk about because these are both Jesse Blake bets. Let's go. William Nylander, the 50 for Willie. Did William Nylander score 50 plus goals this year? No. No. Did I? I had had Willie's goal totals at 42 and a half, and that did not hit. You guys guys were offered that one as well. Uh, That's right. I think I took that. Late uh, February, oh. maybe early March, and yeah, he he trailed off a little. But the other one that did hit, Matthews and Willie in the forty 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 club. That's that it. Right. Last day of the season. Listen, there you go, Dave. I won a whole one dollar and forty four cents for that. So, oh, you mm-hmm. took it too. Oh yeah, nice. So nice. I might be taking, might be buying myself a little latte. After I think this. I got yeah. a no bet because I had uh, Matthews or no, I had Nylander not leading the team in goals. And he's tied for the leading goal, so that's a no. Oh, bet, did they right? fi- they finish tied? Yeah, they're forty. Yeah, and they 40. finished tied forty oh, each. Wow. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, you got your money back. You got your two dollars back. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to spend it all in one place. <laughs> Dave, on Monday we've got a whole big thing for the playoffs, including something to do with Pickham. But we'll uh, we'll talk about that then. For now, enjoy. I'm, I'm assuming you're going to the Jays game tonight if you're wearing the Blue Jays jersey. I am. I am. Okay. I, I, I handpick I hand Jays games where the opposition pitcher is outstanding and what the Tampa Bay Rays have to offer may be the best in baseball. That's all I'm going to say. So I love I love watching matchups. This the is Rays a pretty finally good lose tonight. They're going for the all-time record. Uh, yeah, they're tied with the, the modern The modern-day record for wins to start a season. They're 13-0 right now. They, they're trying to go for 14. Ooh, you can likes- witness it in history. Dave likes cool. two-hour games. <laughs> he does. Enjoy, Dave, and uh, enjoy the playoff flow for this weekend, my friend. Absolutely. Looking forward to Monday. Big news on Monday. CJ, Steve keeps saying this to Jesse and I. He keeps saying, if the Leafs go into this playoff series, if you're looking at it from like the outside perspective, there is no excuse not to win against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That is his big sentence. Do you agree? And that's a little stronger than I'd put it. But there's no excuse for us not to say they're favored. You know, I guess maybe that's like just a watered-down version of what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not saying, like, come on. In any of the playoff series, and I mean any of the eight that are going to go on, like either team could win. I think sure. you can make a case for But there's no team. excuse. Right, because well, you can make excuses. If Edmonton loses to Los Angeles, you go, well, LA has a really good team. They've come on strong lately, even though Edmonton's super hot. Uh, but maybe they're stronger on defense and goaltending. I don't know. Well, what happens if like five guys get knocked out with significant injuries? Okay. Isn't that an, ex- an, ex- like, it's That's not an excusable ex- thing? It's not an right. excuse that you want to make, but like you also only have the players you have. Mm-hmm. But the Leafs have healthy players. Evidently. Ish. Today. 
right now. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't even want to bring it up, but like, it w- wasn't it six minutes into the series against Montreal when that, that with Tavares. Tavares injury? Like, yeah. you never know what's like. If you look at all the last playoffs, then you had Columbus with uh, Muzzin, mm-hmm. Muzzin again got knocked out in the Montreal series. Like, yeah. you know, there's always something that comes along, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, but it could have come along for the other team too. Look at Tampa played last year's Stanley Cup final without Braden Point. Yes. So, you know, if you're that's, a Lightning fan, you're going like, "Hey, we might have won three straight cups if our, you know, if we had that guy." And that's line. hundred point Braden Point to everybody. I, mean, I think he got a hundred points, didn't he? Yeah. Braden hundred point. Yeah, that's where you go. Did he so, finish at forty nine goals? I think so. Yeah. Ah. Um, oh man, him Marner with the ninety nine points. Oh. That was real tough. That I was sucks. I was rooting for that that goal at the end of the game last night to, to uh, count to count so they could go to OT and like maybe Austin sets up Mitch and he gets three hundred or uh, Mitch, Mitch would have had Austin. a five minute overtime shift. Oh yeah, because there's nothing else to play for. <laughs> yeah, right? he would have stayed out there the like, whole time to get just be like, stay out there. Well, he basically <laughs> did at the end of regulation. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Braden Point got ninety five. I don't know where I got hundred from. It must have been somebody else. I well, it's like Sheldon said, you just round up. When yeah. You back <laughs> so so what. What are you looking for going into this series? Because obviously, Leaf fans, we know the Lightning well. Maybe the hatred isn't the same as the Boston Bruins because that the, those losses Did were... Did you see the Luke Chen fight? Yeah, that's and good. that's his former teammate, no? That was odd. Mm-hmm. A little bit. I think that's like, it's on. I think it, there will be hate. Like, I think, I mean, look at as much as these two teams... It's not the 80s again. Yeah, yeah. I'm not predicting line brawls, but I, I, but I do think that... I think the edginess, the after the whistle stuff will be a kind of talking point around the series because typically Tampa initiates all that stuff and teams like Toronto get dragged in and take penalties. And I think, I think it's going to be a bit of a hateful series, honestly. Okay. So then how, how does Toronto stack up? What are you looking for? What needs to happen? Well, you need Ilya Samsonov to be what he's been all season long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't know if you're going to get that because he's played, what, eight, I think eight, uh, previous postseason games in his career, he's won one of them. And, you know, history isn't a predictor of these things. I mean, look, those are all different circumstances, different team, different time. I think he's got a lot of reason to be confident. He's played more this year and he's played well. I think that's going to be a huge thing for Toronto. I'm also looking at their power play, which is kind of a boring thing to say, but I think it's actually cost them a couple playoff series because they've yeah. consistently been one of the best regular season teams in the power play. And then something happens. It's like the clock strikes midnight right before the playoffs. And they can't convert. And, and reasonably, the Montreal series two years ago and last year, they're one goal away from advancing. Yep. In both game six and set, like it's, that was how close the margin was. And they, and they couldn't buy a power play goal. So it, I know that that isn't like the sexy answer you're looking for. You want me to go like, I want to see Matthews versus point and whoever gets the most points wins a series. I don't, I don't think it's that simple. But it, I think you know how Simpson, Samsonov holds up will be key. And then if the Leafs can get some confidence from the power play. Because... All the hate that's gone to the top players in the Leafs during some of these playoff series, that would have been solved if they just put in a few more power play goals. And that's what those guys do. I mean, I think they have the third best power play this year in the regular season. It's consistently been top five during their, their years here. So reasonably, that's like, because it's hard to score at five on five in the playoffs. We know that. We're going to see it. It's, they're going to play like a 2-1 game or 3-2 game in game one. You watch. But where you get those goals from, they need to, they need to make good on the power play chances. So, I mean, we have to go worst case scenario. I mean, look at who we're talking about here. So, we're a couple weeks down the line. It's game seven. Uh, Samsonov makes an amazing save to force game seven, but he tears his groin doing it. Matt Murray has recovered from his injury. He's off IR. 
but they also have Joseph Wall, who's starting Game 7. I'd have to know the circumstances more, but I'd probably say Wall at this point. Hell yeah. Wow. Great answer. Great answer. Are they, they must, they're really, do they, they're big believers, eh? He's unreal. Well, he's had a great year. I mean, there's not much not to believe in, if you know what I mean. Well, and, and I, I get that, but, but sometimes NHL organizations are really funny about rookies, right? They're really weird about young players. So, you know, and I know the Leafs are not traditionally that, uh, especially in the Dubas era, but it is goaltending, right? Right. Well, and the one caveat I'll say, like if Matt Murray's back on the ice this weekend when the Leafs practice, and so he's practicing fully for two weeks leading up to game seven, he's probably in. But if it's a situation where he only returns like midway through the series to practice, Mm -hmm. you know, they're still sort of feeling it out. Like you can't just go, I mean, these pro athletes are amazing, but you can't go from doing nothing on your couch injured to playing in game seven of a playoff series. Like I think as much as there's an unknown, a huge unknown with a young goaltender like Joseph Wall, how he'd handle that. Like he's played consistently well, wherever he's played games this year, once he was healthy at the start of the year, he's been great. And he's been great in the NHL for the Leafs in a very limited sample. Like I'm not arguing you go to him over the other guys. Cause you think he's better, but I think in a pinch, you're more comfortable with him than say Matt Murray, who's been consistently injured and maybe like hasn't worked out fully yet because he's dealing with the concussion. You're $2 Steve, and you got to put down a bet. Uh-oh. <laughs> and the bet is Matthew Nyes, will he start game one, yes or no? Where are you throwing your two bucks? Break the bank, CJ. Here's a problem. We're gonna, there's going to be three days of practices right after we record this, and it'll probably be obvious. So I'm purely guessing. That's the point. No, but I'm just I'm making that clear. That's though, what two dollars right? steving it is. It's complete guess. Did you know that Matthew Nye still hasn't been in a practice with the Leafs? Oh, I didn't know what? that. Oh wow. wow. He he joined the team and they played three games in four days. They didn't practice. They, Wednesday we were off and then today's Friday, they're off again. That that makes his pretty good play like that much more admirable. Yeah. I, I think he's in, honestly. Wow. wow. And I wouldn't have said that a week ago. Like I, I was more the co- I was more thinking, okay, you have him in the bullpen. And he's, he's sort of like, he's, you know, because sometimes in a series, like the momentum and, and even like the feeling around a team, they'll put a guy like that in. It's almost like something to rally around for everyone else. Like mm-hmm. if he's sort of like break the glass in case of maybe not emergency, but things aren't going well, we got to try something. Um, you know, I'm thinking of like when Andreas Janssen came and played in the must win game against Columbus after his knee injury. Like when you do that, you're trying to like rally the team around something. He'd been a long member of the team and he was coming out from injury. You know, we've seen other teams play rookies, and, and like I just think, anyway, I'm getting off track. But now seeing them play three games and seeing kind of, I mean, the Leafs stretch themselves into like pretzel to, to make the cap work, to even like get them on the ice. I didn't notice. <laughs> the high school students playing for them. If, if they had, actually, if there was one more regular season game left, you were going to be the backup goalie. So. Oh, I was. There you go. I had all my equipment that I borrowed from David Ayers, who borrowed it from Antoine Bebo. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, <laughs> yes. So, I look, at he does something they don't have a lot of. He's big. He's one of the biggest by weight and height mm-hmm. members of the team. He plays hard along the boards. He wins puck battles. He can, we've seen now, like he can control the puck down low in the offensive zone. There's big question marks, right? Like if you dress him, you probably, you're, if you're Sheldon Keefe, you're not putting him as much as you can control this in any dangerous situations. The problem is the playoffs, everything's dangerous. Like every moment could be the moment the whole game changes on a mistake or something like that. But I, I think they're going to play him. It just, it just feels like it's going there. 
Hmm. I mean, it's easier not to, right? Because your next question is going to be, well, who do they take out of the lineup? And I don't know who that is. You're right. <laughs> I, and I don't know, like, is it Sam Lafferty? No. Would it? Zach Aston Reese? They can't take Aston Reese. Exactly. See, I totally agree. They and got totally him for agree. the playoffs. Right? Well, and right? he's been really good, like in his role and what his job definition is. He's like, if you're if you're doing a performance review on Zach Aston Reese, you're giving him marks across the board, right? Like, plus, yeah. Like you're giving him a raise. It's not just like when I was at Wendy's and I got the ten cent raise. You're giving him like the twenty cent. <laughs> no. Raise. Like, Whoa. <laughs> oh, you're a manager. Um, no, I was not a manager. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm looking at the... I was manager of how much free food I could give my buddies on a Friday night when they came <laughs> nice. to the drive-thru. Nice. I think uh, it's safe enough distance where I can admit that. It's a really yeah. good, yeah. I think you'll be okay. What's 20 the, years. I mean, I'm looking at, I mean, obviously, I'm looking at game 82 here. So Connor Timmons is their, their bottom line right winger. I'm assuming he's not going to be there. Uh, but, you know... I, at worst, Nyes is 13, though. Like, I think he's yeah. above yes. Simmons. Yeah, Definitely. In terms of like if we were slotting it in order, I don't know who you take out. Like, may, to me, it might be Lafferty. I think he struggled a bit, but you know, you just traded for the guy. He's got more experience. Like, he's such a good skater. I I feel like the kiss of death for him being in the game one lineup came before he even played when Keith said he really liked the Aston Reese Cam Flafferty fourth line. Yeah, right. I was just like, okay, well, coach likes what he likes, right? And I feel like you you're overthinking it by throwing knives in there in this fourth career game. You know, it feels like the easiest thing is, hey, it's game one of the playoffs. Let's just run with the lineup that we've had for a couple months now. Mm -hmm. But they haven't had a lineup, right? Yeah, that's true. Is, yeah. Well, and also like it's literally been like throw a dart at the board. Who's playing with whom? You mm -hmm. know, like they they probably have to check twice each day because you know normally this becomes automatic. It's like each game it's been different. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. My sense is they want to go bunting with Matthews and Marner. Interesting. Okay, that's not what I thought at all. That's. That's, that's how, the next thing I'm going to bring up anyway, so that's good. I don't know what they're doing with line two. Okay. Like, Yarn, Yarn Croak? Oh, I think, I think Yarn Croak will be on line three in that case. Like, if mm -hmm. he's not, it sounds weird. If he's not with Matthews and Marner, where they had a lot of success, I think he's down in line three. Some version, of course, of Nylander, Tavares. Do you have O'Reilly there? Do you play Nyes there if he plays? And then mm -hmm. maybe drop. Like, I don't. It's it's so funny because most teams like they have not rolled out the like I guess everyone's played with everyone at some point, but it's not like they played the last three games with static lines or the last ten games with static lines. Like really, ever since the trade deadline when they were carrying twenty eight defensemen and <laughs> four forwards, like it's been it's been like a bit of a grab bag, right? I think Shen's in though. I do think Shen is in their top six. It seems that to way to start the playoffs. Seems that way, and that 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 fight will a bit of, out then. I think. Yeah. And, and he hasn't been great to end the season. No, he didn't handle the whole deadline well. Because Erasmus or? Well, I don't know what it is. I'm not in his mind. I think that maybe he was having a good year, and then I th it, this disrupted things, right? All of a sudden, maybe he didn't know his place as much, and mm. he's seeing all these veterans brought. I mean, they traded for three defensemen at the deadline. So if you're him, you're probably doing the math and going like, this isn't – so that guy, you know, he's played 400 games. This guy's played 900 games. Like <laughs> – they they didn't bring those guys in to eat popcorn with CJ. Like those guys are there to play, and so I, I just think that that got him out of a rhythm or whatever. And maybe there's the personal aspect too. Like I I don't know that, but yeah, you know he and Sandine were close. He you know also Pierre Engvall. Mm -hmm. The Leafs had quite a Swedish contingent, and they they put a missile through it. They did. I they, think they, they had they, seven players. They Sweden, kept the Swedish Canadian and Willie though. So yeah, it's all good. But I don't know if Jonas Siegel actually had a great story in the Athletic this year about how they they had like a Swedish supper club. 
and, and they were like always going out to dinner on the road and like there, there was the whole game about who chooses a restaurant and all this oh really anyway okay. i mean like it stands to reason you're comfortable speaking your native language with sure people, yeah you know like I, I don't know that it was like a clique that they needed to break up i'm actually not presenting that as a mm-hmm. fact it just it just seems like they might have been friends <laughs> Which yeah. is, yeah, it's funny though, when you mention something like that, when you say, well, they had like a, you know, seven Swedish guys and they would go up to dinner or whatever, people instantly assume the worst. Well, it's really, they could just be a great support system. And you know, you're and friends Swedes with people on your are team. are among the nicest people you could ever meet. Yeah, generally. I was in Sweden last summer. Like everybody was so nice. That's cool. It's I like, like her. Cars name. like stop because you might cross the road. Like to just in anticipation that you might want to, <laughs> like, it's like, you know, I'm just saying very genteel, nice people. Uh, as much as you can generalize a whole country, but you know what I'm saying. Lilligren also last year played two games and then was scratched for Hall. That's so right. So they've kind of been through this and they probably have other defensemen. Who Coach likes his guy, of, right? Yeah, or ahead of him in the pecking order. Right. And come on, Luke Shen fights and hits and... And you need that. You do need that. He's also he, Luke Shen, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> by virtue of Have you considered him. the fact that he's Luke Shen? Yeah, it's, I have and it's great. They, the Leafs organization, when they brought him, they must have been like, this is kind of cool. They must, that must not be lost on this front office about the history there, but also what he brings. Yeah, I got to say, I thought it was kind of cool. It I is mean, cool. Like, literally, the first draft I went to as a working reporter was 2008 in Ottawa. Oh. And uh, Luke was draft. Obviously, the Leafs traded up from seven to five to get him. An often forgotten part about that draft the Leafs traded Matt Sundin's rights to Montreal. And they were only going to get something back if Montreal signed him, but they didn't sign him. Right. It was like in advance of July 1st. Can you imagine the Leafs oh. had traded Matt Sundin to Montreal and signed him? Well, he swore he about it, remember? He, so there were rumors the Leafs were trying to trade him to Montreal mm-hmm. and into a microphone because he didn't know the rumor. Someone told him, oh, yeah, they're trying to send you to Montreal. And he goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I didn't remember that. That's awesome. They caught everyone off guard. They were like, Ooh, you, you can't so, say that, Matt. Do you know what's cool? So Luke Shen, a little story just because, I don't know, we're here. Yeah, give it to Someone us. Someone might be listening that cares. Uh, so in 2020, you know, we, we have that whole COVID thing. You might remember it. And I went to, I was inside the bubble, so to speak. I didn't live in like the hotels, but I literally went to like 80 playoff games, actually, because they were all played in one venue. Um, And so I was covering that, of course. And Luke Shen was with the Lightning. And people don't remember this, but he didn't play. I don't think he played at all in the first round and maybe not even in the second round. So here's like Luke Shen at that point, again, like barely hanging on to his NHL career. And here he is, same thing. He had, his wife had just had a baby. He was like living behind a fence and not playing. And, but every day I would watch him and he was doing the craziest bag skates you could ever want to do, like to keep himself in, oh, in wow. shape just in case. I think there was an injury or some situation, or maybe they started going 11 and seven and it opened up a spot for him. He starts playing for the Lightning in that playoffs. He fought once at least, but he, he uh, you know, started doing what he does. He wasn't, I don't believe, on the ice for a goal against, even though, of course, he plays like eight or nine minutes a game. Like we get, we get what he is and, but like he wins that cup and like, I'm like, that's, I, I'm a sucker for stories mm-hmm. and I'm a sucker for like sometimes the 23rd person on the roster. You know what I mean? Like, it's so cool. That's this, the most dramatic usually, right? It's sort of, well, this guy, again, I know he's still playing, so it's great, but we didn't know at that moment. It could be like his last NHL season. It's a pandemic. He's like literally living behind a fence, not even getting to play the game, skating like himself into the ground just in case. And then he gets in and he gets like he gets some momentum. He plays a bunch of games. He wins the Stanley Cup. And then he goes back and wins another one the next year. Yeah, it's cool. And here he is to try to win a third one. And 
basically, you know, remember when he was drafted? The Leafs hadn't had a high draft pick, right? Yeah. That, that was a year. Time. That was a year before they drafted Kadri. And so it was sort of like he is here to deliver. Like, I remember when he was a rookie. Like, this is how freaking old I am. The Leafs had a defenseman named Mike Van Ryan at the time. I remember him. Yeah. And yep. I remember after one of the games, I think Luke fought in the game or something. He had, like, a big night. And Mike Van Ryan's like, he's the next cat. He's the, he's a future captain of this organization. Oh. Like, you know, of course we do what we do, but we were anointing him. Like he was the lion King. People like, were comparing oh. him to Chris Pronger. They're like, he's going to be the next Chris Pronger. Scott Stevens as well. Yeah. But I mean, you, you mentioned it when they, when they, uh, when they did draft him, the league was bigger and heavier and the league moved away from that when he was in the midst of probably the prime of his career. Right. And this, this is what's wild is he's way older and league scoring has gone up. And speed has gone up. And it feels like the NHL is going in the opposite direction of where Luke Shen should be going. Or the type of player that he's always been. And he's having this career renaissance. Like, it's it's really impressive. It's the This is the perseverance piece, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't give up. Mm-hmm. Like, he could have pulled the shoot. Like, I assume... I mean, who's for me to say? I assume he's kind of got enough money-ish. Probably. You know, like, he could easily move on to other things. Like, I do know he is a hockey nut. Like, I, I would... I don't know what he's good. I haven't had a chance to ask him, but I would put money right now without ever even asking him. He will work in hockey beyond just playing. Like I, he's just one of those guys. He he has that feel. Very astute. Really pays attention to the league. Um, yeah. I mean, like it's it's kind of cool to see him back wearing the Leafs and like if they win a series with him and he does something. I don't know. I, I feel like this is what Jason Spezza was a little bit too, right? It's yeah. a bit of a totem for everybody. Right. Joe Thornton was supposed to be maybe. That didn't, yeah, yeah that didn't, didn't pan out. Uh, to be fair, that was like a season with no fans, and yeah, it sucks. I, I want to say that now. Like, am I allowed to admit that that all really sucked? Oh, it was I horrible. think you were allowed to admit it at the time. Uh, yeah, it was kind of hard. I was like, hey, I still have a job. Like, there's people with actual things going. It on It still in the world. sucks, though. Yeah, it still sucks. It sucks. No, do you, anybody want to watch a hockey game with no fans? No. If I ever go to another hockey game without fans, like an NHL game, I I might just turn in my pass. Really? I've I had see. enough. I went to, I I literally. So that, that 2020 year, I went to Edmonton. They had the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final there. So there's a game every day. Like one day it's Eastern final, one day it's Western final. Same time of day. I think it was six o'clock local starts or something like that. And every, I felt like I was like going to a factory. Like it sounds weird, but like I felt like... Churning out playoff content. Well, there's just... But there was no joy. Like you, when you walk up, like the coolest part of my job, well, there's a couple, but like objectively one of the coolest parts of my job is walking up to a stadium where the Stanley Cup final is being played that night. doesn't yeah. matter what city you're in. Like, talk We've about, experienced that. That is very cool. But talk about a buzz, man. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It's and, explosive. And yeah. it's September in Edmonton, and it's gray, and the whole world is melting, and I'm just like trudging through the streets. There's nobody there. There's no buzz, no vibe. Like, nobody has any idea. It's just so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no one's fault either. Just like it sucked. Yeah. And then the next year we come back and somehow don't get me on goal. Yeah, I yeah, know. No. It's 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 you know. somehow Ontario can't yeah. open for like seven years while oh. every other place is yeah. Open oh and- yeah. Can I ask about Tampa and the other side of this? Hey, of can Tampa? I ask Wait, one thing? One thing before you do that. Sure. I just want to ask cut off about both Adam and Jesse. Sorry. I just before I we move to Tampa, I just want to talk about Michael Bunting for just a second, because what I saw in Tampa was they were targeting him, Corey Perry. Uh, Pat Maroon, um, the refs. Uh, what is the Michael Bunting factor here? And then we'll move to Jesse's question on Tampa. And I'm sorry, Jesse. I just need to know, are the refs going to continue to call him this way? Where, you know, there's six people in a scrum and he's the only one that gets the penalty. Are the 
Lightning going to use Michael Bunting as a way to get the Leafs to make mistakes this ser- this series? They're going to try. I mean, that's evident. I mean, did, what- did Kyle call the league? Did he talk like like Sheldon said he would? I I don't know for sure, but I imagine he did. Like like the <laughs> league gets called every day. To be fair, yeah. I, I told this story on my pod, but like just in case you weren't listening, like you go to the pod? you go to the GM's meeting though, and it's so funny because like there's like the official agenda, but then you always like talk to someone privately. It's like, did you see this call in our game? And like some everyone shows up with beef from like November 10th or something, and they're like, <laughs> I want answers for this. Like you know, like it's an emotional game, and lots of stuff happens. Um, but I think Michael Bunting is very mu- like this is a fascinating. This is a target though, CJ. This I is mean, obvious. You want to talk about a story? This is a guy that had to earn it the hard way to even get to where he is in his career. He finally establishes himself in Toronto. He is an unrestricted free agent who the Leafs have, to this point, shown really no interest in negotiating with. And last year in the playoffs, he was injured. Like, he was injured right before and was never himself. So, like, when you talk about the the confluence of events, like, he has to have a lot on his mind. Like, let's be honest. And I think really badly wants to have success here because he doesn't know if he's back. Like, he's living the dream, right? This, the Scarborough kid, man. And, you know, he, this, he has to approach this like, you know, it could be his last period in Toronto. I'm not saying it is or it isn't. They have the cap room, but they also had all year to, to try to negotiate with him and didn't get, get down to business. And so, you know, and then, sorry, and then on top of that, as I say, I think he's going to start on the top line again. And there's this, all this penalty thing. And he's like, he can't be taking bad penalties. Did he end up leading the league in minors taken? He was anyway. He's right up there. He's, he's up there. He's a high event guy. He drew a lot. He took a lot. The, this question is born from. I actually loved the idea of playing him lower in the lineup because it takes away Tampa's power to have an impact by egging at him or egging him on, and now he's on the top line. And whenever he's off, you're down a top line winger. Well, he just can't take penalties. Oh, okay. He's got <laughs> hey, I Mike, mean, have you ever thought of that? <laughs> no, but I'm saying like this is this is the challenge before him. This is this is it laid out, especially if he's on that line. Like he's got to be helping them produce offense. He's got to yes. he and and not be a distraction. I think maybe you don't. You almost maybe sit him down if you're Sheldon Keefe. You're like, we don't need you to agitate to the like if you're you're normally set to ten. Let's dial you back to a four. Because he does lots of great things in the offensive zone. That's the other part of his game. Yes. Um, but, you know, like they have bottom six guys now. Like Nolachari, he's not a big guy, but he hits hard. Oh, he's Love awesome. Him. Love it. He like, barely stopped himself from crushing a couple guys last night. Because he was like, eh, maybe I'll save it. Which is good. Yeah, thank goodness. You don't need anything like we saw in the Minnesota game this week where guys are getting suspended. Oh, and, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, as much as that was... Highly entertaining. It was a fun game, but like kind of a shitty hit. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm not celebrating dirty play. Like the whole no. thing. Like uh. the Dean Evison reaction. Incredible. Like I'm actually like. Like that yeah. is. Oh, yeah. That's Just great. I hope over, they play each other somehow, some way. Come over here and we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so. I would uh, never do that to anyone. By do the way. you think they'll be able to get. Do you no, think Corey sorry. Perry and Pat Maroon are going to be able to use their, their Jedi mind tricks, which. Work on everybody else. Belmar, too. Get get Michael Bunting to snap. Pull that top line off the ice. Corey Perry's still mad the Leafs didn't sign him, I think. I Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it was between him and Wayne, right? Um, I'm getting the years mixed up. But I'm pretty sure. He, I know he wanted to come here. 
Okay, not anymore. Jesse, well, go ahead. I mean, that, Sorry. Yes, that was that was in the COVID years. Yes. So Tampa Bay Lightning are. You got uh, a cute photo of your dog on your phone. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Waffles. She's a she's a gorgeous little doggy there. So, <laughs> Sorry, I got momentarily distracted. <laughs> um, Send me your dog memes. I just love dogs. Oh, fit. I love my dog more. At than reporter Chris. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning end the season one in four last five games. I believe I don't have hockey reference in front of me, so I'm trying to do this from my head. Uh, three and eight in their last eleven, and since February first, they're fourteen, fifteen, and five. So under five hundred in Gary's NHL. Are they that team, or game one, do you see them rise to some other level that they weren't the last three months of the regular season? I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, I'm putting myself out there a bit, but I, I, it's really hard to finish the season as uninspired as they were. You saw John Cooper pushing a lot of buttons with them, whether it was sitting the guys down or some of his comments in the media. And I just didn't see a lot of response there. I'm not saying they've given up on the coach. Like it's entirely possible they're just too wounded. I mean, they played a ton of hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm probably going to get bit by saying that. Because the one thing that they have is they have so many individuals that have, are just proven like gamers. Like guys who've consistently shown up and got the job done, whether it's Vasilevsky, you know, the one year he had shutouts in all the closing games. You know, like basically when there's a chance for them to win it, he gets it done. I mean, Braden Point is just an animal. He's like my height, uh, which is not tall. I don't know what he's listed as, but he's, he's not a big guy by professional athlete standards. And he just is fearless. Like he is through the middle of the ice all the time, usually ripping your heart out if you're on the other team uh, and scoring goals like in overtime in game six last year, you might remember. <laughs> um, you know, and then we're not even getting to Stamkos Headman. Like, it's just, it's such Kucherov who had another monster season that no one talked about or noticed somehow. Um, I So I just look at those individuals. Like, they have so many guys that could win games when they don't have their best as a team, but something feels off, right? Yeah, as a team, they're not winning. They have all the individuals and obviously three straight, three straight Stanley Cups, but as a team, they haven't been winning on the ice in, in months. And the way they won, like last year... This, is, this might sound like a hot take. Last year, I was most impressed by Tampa of all their playoff runs, and they didn't win the Cup. Yeah. But, like, Stamkos was awesome in last year's playoffs. Like, he's, like, blocking shots and, like, it's, you know, I, and getting a bit into, like, rock'em, sock'em kind of. But, like, I just, he was, like, like literally and Well, tell us what you saw. You were there, right? No, but so he was, the- like, literally and figuratively, like, the leader, and he scored lots of big goals and... Like, seriously, I had a Conn Smythe vote last year. Like, if they had a won the Cup, like, I think he would have been my number one. I mean, that's yeah. a hypothetical because maybe someone else scored seven goals in the two other games they won, and <laughs> it would be different. But, like... I, I just want to say something. Steve and I are having heart palpitations over here based on what Jesse is saying. I mean, because it's it's the the Leafs who... There you go. End the sentence there. You're, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, because they've been fantastic. But you have to ignore the evidence of your eyes and ears because of history. And then there's Tampa, who's been crap. And you have to ignore the evidence of your eyes and ears because they're historically great. So I feel like analyzing the regular season is a waste of time. 
Do you really think so? It might be, but like, what else are we to do? Like, this is I know. Right. Like, yeah. like, what is I the, also think the what is the meaning of life, Steve? Like, we just spent six months <laughs> at the at the dawn of time. First, there but were seriously, protons we just spent and six months watching this, fixating on it. Mm-hmm. You know, going to games, doing all of the content we all do. Like, we we just recorded a, a season preview or season preview playoff preview for the Leafs and uh, all the other friends. Uh, did anybody pick the Leafs? We all did. I believe we yeah, all did. We all did. Yeah, but so I don't know why you guys are so worried. I think, uh, and and how many games? I always pick the Leafs. I'm always going to pick the Leafs. So you're you're zero and I'm, six. I am. Uh, <laughs> it's been a rough decade, a couple decades. I said six. I said six, I had six games. I think well. I I think I might have said Adam said this. seven. I think seven. seven. He's a piece I said of shit. seven because I want Steve's heart attack. So you both um, have them going into Emily Arena on a Saturday night mm-hmm. and winning, facing a game six and winning. Yeah, I I see them going up like three one in the series. Like I see them getting uh, and then a, and then bouncing it away in Game Five. Like, yeah, obviously. Like, who's, who invited <laughs> CJ? Well, it's funny. Like no one make any life plans based on this, but because the, the schedule isn't out. But I heard that there's going to be two off days between Games Four and Five, so they would come home with two off days. No. And if they were up, imagine they were up three one and yeah. just like. And it's going to be spring outside and like whatever they call that thing outside the arena. There'll be a million people out there and. Oh my God! Lose game four on purpose. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. So, how are you going to handle these next two weeks? Horribly, terribly, absolutely terribly. <laughs> this is, I, I, okay. Truthfully, like, do you enjoy it or is it like excruciating? No, I. So I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. Um, it's it's funny. Before the show, you're like, so you like watch every game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I meant like if you're doing an LFR on game 81 or no, 80 or 82, like do you actually watch the whole game? Do you watch it in 10 minutes, like a well, snippet? Or? Yeah, like these last two, I went into both like, what's the point? And then the Lightning game ended up actually being pretty exciting. And But the the Rangers game, what they, there were 12 shots each between the Leafs and Rangers heading into the third period. They did not give a shit. And it wasn't until the third period where they were like, well, we're in Madison Square Garden. I mean, we might as well try to win. I watched it at a bar, so I didn't really... I yearn to watch a hockey game at a bar. It wasn't. I'm an, not able to do it anymore. I gotta say, yeah. it was a bar that was more into the Jays game than the Leafs game. That's how little stakes were on the Leafs game. It, wow. Yeah, as, no, as, like, as it should be. Yeah, like, yeah. Sorry, I'm not. Did, yeah, no. Like game 82, no, that Jays game was really good. It was. It was. Off it victory, was. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I don't blame any fans for that. It was a good game. Yeah. It was a good game. Also, okay. Steve, you had a very funny line about if Willie wasn't going for a goal number 40, the shots might have been like five each. Oh, they Willie just have, kept firing the puck. Neither team would have hit 20 shots. No, neither team would have hit 20 shots. But do you think Connor Timmons has a future as a forward? <laughs> I would love to see him pull a, uh, what would that be? Brent Burns? Reverse, reverse Ian White. That, that, that's how Ian White got into the Leafs lineup with Paul Maurice. Oh, man. I don't know why I remember that. I, probably because I'm ill and care deeply about this team. And was Paul Maurice like the coach like 2007? Yes. yes. Like you just like Six, seven. you're just cold referencing things from 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. From the, about the Leafs too. Yeah, but like not about like a big playoff moment. You're no. like you're referencing minutia from 15 years ago. So to 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 let me tell you the time Daryl Boyce got in the lineup <laughs> and ripped his nose off. And know, that was kind of notable. It was yes, it was noticeable. You see, because uh, um, no, here let me answer this in the longest way possible. So Michael Misa, who's going to go first overall in like what two years? Something like that. He was born the month I signed up for YouTube. And I have not made a second round leaf video. 
That is how long I've been yearning for this thing. And God bless everyone who's watched all the regular season LFRs, but there has been an air of all of this feels like a, a tiny bit, even 10, 5% of a waste of time because we're all just waiting for April. And now it's here and it's like four to seven Super Bowls un- until hope they hopefully win a series and then it's four to seven Super Bowls again. It could be four to 28 Super Bowls. Exactly. Right? Imagine if the Leafs played 28 games in the next two months. <laughs> Yippee. Yippee. Yeah, and my, my son is like, none of his clothes fit anymore. Just, like, I... I... I, I um, there are games in the season where I... There are games in the season where, like, on the live streams and in the LFR, I feel the audience in the room with me. And it provides a tremendous amount of pressure. Right. You feel six digits. Like, just, like... Have you ever, in your mind, mapped out what a Leafs win the cup LFR would look like? All the time. Like, I still haven't come up with an answer. Do you think mm-hmm. that it'll just be, like, spur of the moment, it'll hit you if if that happened, or... I live stream myself walking from Ajax to Maple Leaf Square. Celebrating and drinking all the beers. How many kilometers is that? Like, 40, 50? Yeah, you wouldn't make it. <laughs> CJ could do it in a jog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> CJ did that today. Like 20K today. You did 20K today. That's crazy. That still took almost two hours. Though. I'm just trying to think like... It'd be like, like an eight-hour walk. Like, you don't really want to do that. <laughs> I don't know what I would... I've. This was an easier conversation to have with my wife before we had a son. But I'm like, what, what I've <laughs> before always... Before you had responsibility. I, I've always told her to wait 72 hours before calling the police. <laughs> I'm going to leave. You're not going to hear from me. Just wait 72 hours. Hour 73 comes, you know, maybe be like, hey, I haven't seen him. <laughs> Do you know what my most fine hockey memory celebrating was? Because, like, obviously. Give it to me. But you can't do it in this day and age, like, doing my job, right? You just would never come about. But when Canada won in 02. Canadian, that was fucking awesome. The Canadian men. And it was a Sunday afternoon, if I'm not mistaken. And we had, yes, like, 30 people in my parents' living room, which was... 28 over capacity and huh. they won. And I just remembered like ripping around Coburg. Like we had like Canadian flags. Like it was awesome. I was doing the exact same thing. I was riding my bike, uh, up Lawrence in Scarborough and, uh, with the Canadian flag, uh, waving off the back of my bike and cars were honking at me. It was awesome. Joe <laughs> second. Joe. What a first Call. time. And the first time and the best time Joe was ever two syllables and fuck Joe what a game. Second. Steve, to answer your question for you, you better be in the building if they win the Stanley Cup. Like, what yeah, a come shame. On, you were, what do you work for Sportsnet for? What a shame <laughs> it would be if you weren't in and around Scotiabank. Are, are you going to live treat, or live stream yourself walking from the press box to Maple Leaf Square? Because that would be considerably less interesting I, yeah, I mean yes and I would get dirty looks from people and I'd be like fuck you they won the cup yeah. uh, you can't just tell people fuck you in Scotiabank Arena we'll never let you in again fuck you I don't need to go to another game they won the cup all I ask Leo's birthday is June 22nd I need Carlton the bear to bring the Stanley Cup to his birthday party that's all I need in the world why are you laughing <laughs> Why are you laughing? I need Carlton the Bear she, she's, to bring she my knows son the Stanley well. Cup. She knows you too well. And we'll get him baptized again. I like that. I like that. I'm pretty sure that the last possible day of the cup final is June 19th. Oh, wow. That's later than usual. 
it's we're still recovering a little bit. A little, oh, just a hair. No, yeah, ju- not but because even the draft I think is June 28th and 29th, and yeah. then free agency is July 1st. Like it's normally, like, there's five. Can be tight. Yeah, yeah. can be tight. It's oh my god, it's gonna window. be chaos. Oh yeah, I can't wait. No, we'll be we'll and, and also from Nashville. Nashville. <laughs> What's that? We'll be flying home from Nashville on the 30th, the morning of the 30th, and then turn around and be in here doing and uh, we're doing a free, free agency, agency special. stuff. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's nuts. Um, hey, I, I have a question for the room. Before we kind of wrap here, because this is like a sh- an abbreviated CJ show, uh, we'll obviously have CJ on again. Is this even a show? I don't even. It's like, like a, it's like a snippet. It, a this is our point. full show because we've got our previews coming out this weekend. So we're you know the rest of the content is still coming. Don't worry. Um, I want to ask the room, what is the and I, you have to remember that all these seats have already sold out, so it's a resale. What's the lowest priced Leafs ticket for this weekend? The answer might surprise you," said Buzzfeed Adam. 150 bucks. Okay. Steven? 250 bucks. Jesse? $1. $200. Je- Steve is the closest without going over. 277 Wow. Whoa. Okay. Standing room? Uh, those are actual seats. Believe oh, it or yeah. not. Because yeah. the Raptors sold standing room tickets for. Oh, sorry. It is standing room obstructed okay. view. Yeah. Holy oh, man. shit! That's yeah. to watch half of the ice. Yeah, yeah. No, the Raptors sold those tickets to the obstructed stand room. They they got down to like eighty bucks. As, as someone who had obstructed view seats for a playoff game, it's fucking awful. Okay, it's, so, it's so you much, might as well not be there. Yeah, you can't see. The nah, Leafs had a five on. What three if it happens kill. on your rink, your side oh. of the rink? <laughs> Leafs had a five on three penalty kill against the Caps in Game Three, and I couldn't see the net. Um, so I was just every time the cap shot it, I had a heart attack for a single seat. That non-obstructed view, three twenty-five is the lowest that's price. Not bad. That's that's two two seventy plus Ticketmaster's fifty-five dollar fee. Now, how do they have a fifty-five dollar fee? Well, just wait till we go to the biggest because er, they fucking suck. Yeah, that lawsuit. I hope they hope they lose. Um, okay, so here's what we got now: best seats in the house, most expensive seat. Section 109, which is just off of center, across from the benches. So you're not on the bench side, you're non-bench side, your penalty box side. And you get one ticket, row one. You're along the glass. How much money for But game? are you just staring at like the back of the penalty box? No, no, no. You're, you're beside the penalty like, Because 108 is where the penalty box is. Right. 109 is to the left. So you actually do get the better view. Says a guy who knows because he's been to the lower bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my Bougie seats are. Bougie lower bowl. <laughs> Adam's ticket that he's reselling. Okay, so. He's trying to get people to buy it. It's not That's true. the whole point of the segment. So. <laughs> What does Adam's seat in section 109? By the way, if I had season seats, it would not be in section 109. It'd be section 105 or section 112 or one. You got to be in the corners if. and up high. If. Um, how much money are these seats? $1,967. Oh, I like that. Good answer. 1500 bucks. 1500 bucks. Jesse. 2K. So Jesse is closest, but he went over. Ah. 1995. Holy shit! But your Ticketmaster fees are oh. $408 for one seat. Ticketmaster realizes they just transfer you something to your phone. Like it's it's free yep. and instant and it doesn't yeah, like, what the it's hell? not though. It's $408. <laughs> it's not instant and free to like, send the QR code. Yeah, like literally, why don't they just come to your house with a gun? Like that's <laughs> equivalent. <laughs> that is the equivalent. That's insane. That is a wild price, but two. So you're paying 
uh, for anybody wondering, $2,403.98 for that seat if you choose to buy it. Wow. That's verified resale. That is not the Toronto Maple Leafs. The slogan should just be a gun cocking. Yeah. Holy cow. What you gonna do? Yeah. Did I ever tell you at the time I snuck into a Maple Leafs playoff game? How did you sneak into a Maple Leafs playoff game? I certainly didn't pay the Ticketmaster fee. What did you do? So I was a bit of a nerd. Hello, I'm James Myrtle. And you just did a really good impression. (laughs) (laughs) So I was a... I don't know if you ever heard of a thing in high school called School Reach or Reach for the Top. No. Heard of it. It was like, it was like trivia. I was on a trivia team okay. kind of thing. And we reached the provincial finals, which were in Toronto. And so we were staying at the U of T. And my dad actually, I remember him like, it's like one of these moments with dad. So he, he like peels off like a hundred bucks and he's like, you know, go get a ticket to the game. Wow. Well, I mean, this is in 1990. I think it's 99 or 2000. Even then. And so I go down and like, I'm just so happy to be in Toronto. I'm like, hey, that's cool. And and like, I'm, you know, all the other kids like, like actually are like hanging out at the University of Toronto. And to be clear, is this Gardens or Air Canada? Air Canada Canada Center. Center. Yeah. yeah, And uh, there's all these kids that are like, are also in the school reach saying they're like playing chess and doing like nerdy things. Like, you know, but I like peel off and I go, this is my big break. And I go down to Air Canada Center and I'm, Talking to scalpers, I'm probably scared out of my pants. And a hundred bucks ain't getting it done. And I didn't have, you know, I was working at Wendy's. I didn't have like a lot of powder beyond that too. And so like I was like hanging around outside and I noticed there used to be this door. It's actually right. It's actually right what is now the media entrance. But at the time it was not a media entrance in Maple Leaf Square. And they were, and the first intermission, they're letting people out to smoke. Oh, wow. And like, (laughs) and so literally I just like walked towards the door and just like, probably tried to act like I knew what I was doing. And then like, once I got in, I just ran and uh, nobody chased me. And I got into a two, wow. two periods of a Leafs playoff game for free. Did they win? Wow. They won. Oh, let's go. That's cool. oh, Who was it against? That can't happen anymore. I think it letting was, out for smoking. Holy, yeah, they don't I think, do that. I think yeah. it was Pittsburgh, I want to say. I was at that series as well. Sylvia and Cote scored a goal, 4 1. Honestly, I came back. I was like six foot six walking back to, Re- <laughs> to Rez. Like, I got into the game. That is. And I still got my dad's 100 bucks. Sick. Wow. Wow. That's such a key factor of the story. You still had the hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Did you give it back? No chance. No <laughs> chance. My dad. Wow. I'm sure I didn't come right home because I was still a teenager, right? I didn't probably come right home to my dad and be like, "Hey, I snuck in." Oh, candy was a nickel. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> yeah, but, but my point is, is like now my dad would like to hear that story because I didn't get arrested. But at the time, he wouldn't be like, "Yeah, great job sneaking in, son." <laughs> like he probably would have been angry with me. So I had to keep this inside and just save it for the Steve Bangle oh, podcast. Wow. You know what? Bless you. I don't think we have anything else to add. Why don't we leave the story? I don't there? think I've even told anyone who works for the Leafs that story. Like, I don't like. Would they be mad in retro? No. Or? I, They're going to send you an invoice. But I'm not trying. <laughs> here's the thing. And a cop. I'm not trying to encourage anyone to try to do the same now. Like, doesn't exist thing. anymore. You can't. But, Good fucking luck trying to do it now. Yeah. But seriously, no I was a that's desperate pre nine eleven. People were still allowed to smoke it during the intermission. That never happens mm-hmm. anymore. And honestly, I was just sitting out there, like I wanted so badly to go, and I had to. I stood out, and because you could watch it on the screen. So I was like watching it outside and then I saw my chance and I just went for it. You got to, you got to act like you belong. I don't know. I was a kid. Like you I did it though. I, you like, did it. Seriously. Like I wish I had a picture of me from that day. Like I probably was so conspicuously out of place. Like I didn't even know my way around Toronto. Like I don't even know how I got there. 
They definitely thought you were like one of the black aces. That's Jeff Farkas. <laughs> There's Lonnie Bohannis. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say. Yeah, 90s, 90s AHL legend Lonnie Bohannis. Love that. Love that. All right, well, listen. Last, last, last question. Go we hit us. CJ, who's your Stanley Cup pick? Ooh. And who are you taking in the Leafs Lightning? I'm going to take the Same Leafs. Answer. Leafs, okay. In six games. Oh, thank you. Nice. Because I, I have no faith that if it gets to a seven, that <laughs> no, there's no way. <laughs> We've all been down that road a few times. Yeah. Um, and I'm picking the Edmonton Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. It's not a bad pick. Ooh. Versus who? I mean, I'd love it to be the Leafs just because I want to see an all-Canadian final. It's one of the last remaining things on my professional bucket list hmm. is to cover all-Canadian Stanley Cup final. So because I know the audience here, and I haven't made a pick anywhere else. I actually have picked Edmonton to win the cup elsewhere, but I haven't picked their opponent. I'm going to pick the Boston Bruins. Oh! <laughs> well played. That means if the Leafs, if CJ's right, the Leafs would then have to lose to Boston again yep. in the second round. Oh! I've been to every Leafs playoff game since 2013. <sighs> Damn it, CJ. Damn it, CJ! Interaction. Wanna bet? Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W Y L D E, and at Jesse Blake.